Guys, good morning. How are you today? It's great being here with you guys. Um, so first off, I just want to let everyone here know and everyone who's online, everyone who's here in the parking lot, everyone who's here today, this church has been a tremendous blessing to myself, to our daughter, Maylee, and to my wife. Um, I want to thank you guys for being here today as we unpack um, Psalm 91 and a story about our daughter, Maylee, today. Um, I wanted to write this message, and this message, to be honest, guys, came to me about two years ago when we were really in the thick of it with our daughter. Um, she had a, a rough start, um, and I'll unpack that here in, in a little bit. But the message today is intended to encourage and remind everyone here today that there is security in abiding in the presence of God. There's security in abiding in the presence of God. So before we dive in today, I want to go ahead and open up in a word of prayer, and then we'll begin unpacking the message today. Dear Lord, we thank you that you're here with us today. We thank you that you're with us in this place right now, God. And I ask and pray that you would fill everyone here with your spirit, with your presence, Lord. God, we're here to honor you, to glorify your name. I ask and pray that you would give me the words to speak and that you would minister to every person here in this tent, in their car, or online, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We honor you. We give this time to you and pray that you would reveal your heart to us this morning. In your, in your mighty name, amen. So church, many of us have these go-to verses when seasons of defeat, seasons of discouragement, adversity, and fear enter into our lives. These are our go-to passages that we turn to in difficult seasons. Psalm 91 was a passage that my family kept turning to over and over and over again during one of the darkest times of our life. I want to share with you today that time. I want to unpack that story for you and remind you today that our confidence, our protection, and our salvation is in Christ. We're going to be unpacking Psalm 91 today. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and read the scriptures out loud today. We're going to be reading Psalm 91 verses 1 through 4 first. In the latter part of the sermon today, we're going to be unpacking the last three verses, verses 14 through 16. So if you can open up your Bibles, I'm reading out of the NIV, guys, but if you have a different version, by all means, dive in, jump in. We'll do this together this morning. Psalm 91 verses 1 through 4 reads, That he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. On Wednesday, July 25th, 2018, my wife and I had Kayla's 29-week prenatal examination. At that examination, everything was going good up until that point in time, until the doctor tells us that Kay's blood pressure is extremely high. And the readings kept going on and on all morning. And the doctor said, listen, guys, as I'm looking at the readings, I'm just going to give you a disclaimer right now. Right now, Kayla is at risk for stroke, seizure, and there's a possibility that you could lose the baby. 
At that point in time, she began doing an ultrasound, taking measurements of of our baby in the womb so that she could give us a percentage number on the probability that our baby would survive, given that she's at 29 weeks and they had to do the C-section at that point in time. After the measurements were done, we got the number and she says, listen, I need you to do me one favor, get Kayla in the car, take her to Loma Linda University, get her admitted at the hospital. At that point in time, I'll be there later in the day to do a follow-up. At that point in time, I remember getting in the car with Kay and all we could do was pray. All we could do was pray. We go to Loma Linda, she's admitted and their monitoring continues for the baby and for Kay at that time. On Thursday, July 26th, the monitoring continues. Kay's doctor comes and reminds us that the blood pressure is not going down. And if the blood pressure hits this threshold point of a 160 over 200, that what would have to happen is they would have to do the C-section that same day. The monitoring continued and Kay and I opened up to Psalm 91. This was our go-to scripture. This is our go-to verse in the darkest of seasons. As we open up the word, we remember the promises of God in Psalm 91. Friday, July 27, 2018, Kayla hits the number that morning at 29 weeks pregnant. Kay's doctor comes in after her clinic and says, listen, guys, this evening, we're going to get the whole team prepared. Her team and the lead doctor of the NICU, the baby ICU at Loma Linda, is going to get together and they're going to prepare for the C-section that evening. Once again, we opened up to Psalm 91 and we just did everything that we could to hold on to the promises of God because that's all we had at that time. Church, I know that not just for us, but fear can become extremely crippling. Fear can become extremely crippling. Maybe you've experienced this. Maybe you're going through it right now or you will go through it in the future. But God's word provides us with the strength that we need as believers in Christ to press in, to press on, and to trust in him in all things. Psalm 91 verse 1 reads that he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High rests in the shadow of the Almighty. Church, there's such good news for every single person here today. Because if our confidence is in Christ, we are secure. And if we're secure in Christ, the burden is no longer ours to to bear. Shifting back to the timeline. I remember the head doctor of the baby ICU comes in and talks to Kay and I about what to expect. She says, listen, guys, the best case scenario is that the baby will come at 29 weeks, will deliver. The best case scenario is the baby's going to live here for three months. Worst case scenario is that the baby's going to suffer from brain, bleeding in the brain, blindness, car complications, respiratory issues, and the potential for death. At 10 p.m., the nursing team comes in and gets Kay comfortable and wheels our unborn child and Kayla back into the OR. I follow, but I have to stop at the double doors as they prepare for the surgery. I remember pacing back and forth, pleading and praying to God that he would protect our child and that he would protect Kay as she's going in for this procedure. I remember Tracy Doden had texted me earlier that week and she says, Garrett, remember these words. Remember this. Kayla and your child are his before they're yours. And I remember that. I remember those words burn into my brain as I'm just trying to do everything I can to trust in God. I remember 
that reassuring word. I remember after that point in time, I remember walking, continuing to pace, and God assured me, he told me that it was going to be okay. We were going to make it out of this thing together. As I remember pacing in the hallway, I see a group of doctors and physicians following Kay's doctor into the room, probably about six to eight people. I remember a separate group following in the head of the ICU following that doctor in. And I remember just wide-eyed and, and, and saying to the head doctor, saying, doctor, there's a lot of people going in that room today. And she says, Garrett, it's going to be okay. The smaller the baby, the bigger the team. Maylee was delivered in 12, months via, uh, 12 minutes via C-section and they got her stabilized and she weighed a whopping two pounds in nine ounces. I remember later that Friday night, what had happened, I remember my mother and I head to the, to the room to go see Maylee. And I remember heading to the nursing station, it's around 11.30, and this guy comes barreling in through these locked double doors. And I'm like, this must be the chief of like the whole entire hospital. It was Pastor Rod. <laughs> Pastor Rod had landed at the airport in Ontario at 10.30 p.m., he got word of what had happened, hopped in his, his, his tundra, took off in like 007, man. He made it all the way up and he saw us and he says, guys, I made it just the right time. And I said, Pastor Rod, we're going to go see her for the first time. Can you come with us so we can pray over our daughter? The three of us go and we see Maylee hooked up to IVs, oxygen, all of her meds. And she's in this little, we call it her little clear house. It's an isolate to help keep her body uh, heat regulated because she has no body fat on her. I remember we say a prayer. And before that happens, I remember Maylee's breathing was really shallow and erratic and sharp. And it didn't, it looked pretty disconcerting. I remember the RT, the respiratory therapist comes over and helps, helps Maylee. We exit. I return back to the hospital room where Kay's at. I remember Kay and I slept maybe one or two hours the next morning on Saturday. This is the 28th of July. We head over to the, for the first time together to see our baby girl. Kay and I check in at the nurse's station. We haven't slept. We're not eating. We're a disaster. And I remember the nurse looks at us and says, guys, listen, I need to give you a disclaimer here. There's going to be good days here and there's going to be bad days. And there's going to be everything in between. This is going to be a roller coaster ride. We're here to support you through it, but we need to give you that disclaimer. I remember we walk in and we didn't realize the night before they had to intubate Maylee. They had to put a breathing tube down her throat, into her lungs, and have her hooked to a ventilator because her oxygen levels were dropping and it, she just wasn't holding enough air to supply oxygen to her brain and to her body. I remember the respiratory therapist told us, she goes, good, guys, good news. What we're going to do right now is we're going to remove the breathing tube and it's a quick procedure. You guys can be in the space at the same time. We're going to remove the breathing tube and we feel like she's strong enough to breathe on her own at this point. We step back, the breathing tube's removed. Maylee's oxygen levels start dropping and dropping and dropping and she's bottomed out. We're watching this whole thing unfold and I remember the respiratory therapist. I couldn't see our daughter, but I was watching the face of the respiratory therapist to see what reaction did she have. I can't see our baby, but the monitors are screaming. I can see the face of the respiratory therapist. And then she looks panicked. She grabs the mask in the bag and begins putting it on Maylee to try to pump air into her lungs. Nothing's happening. 
And all of a sudden, she calls for what's called the crash team. It's a, it's a group of eight to 12 respiratory therapists, baby doctors, I call them, nurses. They come running into the room. And as they're running into the room, I remember they're working on her, the best of the best at Loma Linda, and nothing's happening. Minutes have gone by, and every second is crucial. I remember looking at the ground with tears in my eyes, praying this prayer, Jesus, please don't take our daughter. Jesus, please do something. I remember at this point in time, I can remember more time goes by and more time goes by. And at this time, we're probably two to three minutes. It doesn't seem like that long, but it's an eternity when you're in that moment. And as I look up the third time, I see a woman enter in to the room. She assesses the situation. She looks at what's happening and she introduces herself to the team. She grabs a suction, puts it down into Maylee's throat, clears a blockage, and Maylee's oxygen levels begun, begin going back up. I remember we're asked to exit the room as they get Maylee stabilized. Kay and I are a wreck. We go back to the hospital room, and I remember we can't even speak. We're trying to unpack what happened at that moment in time. And I remember talking to Kay through this as we start a little bit of a dialogue and all of a sudden we hear a knock at the door and it's the new nurse at Nurse Change. Her name was Nurse Agnes. Agnes comes in, big beautiful smile, walks in and she says, hey guys, how are you doing? How's the baby doing? She had no idea what had happened. We're on the separate ward, separate area for Kay's C-section recovery there. And we start weeping. We come undone. We can't hold it together. And Agnes says, it's okay. It's okay. And she's caring for Kay's surgical site. And I remember as she's doing this, she goes, listen, I have a question for you guys. Are you people of faith? We said, we're born again Christians. And she says, can I share something with you? And we said, yeah, I guess that's fine. Agnes starts rehearsing Psalm 91, top to bottom. She's memorized this verse, top to bottom. And as this happens, at the very end of this, Agnes says this, guys, and this is a word for the church this morning. She says, guys, listen to me now. She says, God never promised that it would be easy, but he always promised that he would be with us. God never promised that it would be easy, but he did promise that he would always be with us. And then she let out a big old hallelujah. It shook the room. I kind of got scared. Guys, the days that we're living in are extremely heavy right now. And perhaps some of you are in similar seasons as this. The good news is the promise of Psalm 91 are the same today for those who seek security in Christ. Psalm 91 verse 2 through 4 reads, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Church, our God is a God that protects us in every season of life. This passage in Psalm 91 assures us that God is our defensive boundary, our defensive boundary. This means that he covers us on all sides at all times. So how do we respond to this this morning? How do, what do we do? What does our part look like? Our job, we're responsible for one thing. 
we run to Jesus. He is our refuge, and we surrender to him because he is for us this morning. He's for us always. Life at the baby ICU, it's called the NICU. I called it, we called it, Kay and I had the nickname, we called it the war bunker. Six, I'm getting used to. We missed you guys. We missed this church. We missed our friends, our family, our coworkers, Hope City Outreach, the homeless. It, it was hard, but every text message, every email, every call that we got encouraged us. And we thank you guys for that. We haven't had a chance to do that. And today we're doing it. We're doing it right now. We met so many parents at the baby ICU. Many of them were there for the same reasons as us. The baby had to get big enough and strong enough to be discharged to come home. We befriended a sweet family. They had given birth to twins at about 27 weeks, extremely premature. Shortly after this happened, one of the twins had passed away. And shortly after that, the second twin would go to be with the Lord as well. During this time period, I remember Maley had back-to-back awful days, blood transfusions, additional crashes. It was extremely hard. I remember one evening driving home from the NICU, I had texted Carl Petit, he's a brother here, and I remember texting Carl and saying, Carl, this is tough. This is hard. I'm struggling with this, Carl. He gave such a good word of encouragement. But I remember I drove separately home from the NICU that evening. I remember driving home, thinking about the parents at the baby ICU, thinking about Maylee. I remember thinking about the heartache of the parents of the twins experienced saying bye, having to say goodbye to both of their babies. I came undone. I began weeping in my truck and I began questioning the will of God. And I remember this, church. I remember in my truck driving home saying, Lord, we feel isolated, we feel alone, and we feel forgotten. We feel forgotten. And right when I was done saying that out loud, verbalizing that, God followed that up. And I remember what God said and spoken to my heart. And he says, son, I know exactly how you feel. I went to the cross for you. I went to the cross for you. Church, there's a unique intimacy that's established with the Lord in the midst of our sufferings. And Christ reminds us that we can call upon his name because he is our salvation. Christ is our salvation. And as we get to the end of the psalm, this is Psalm 91, verse 14 through 16. Psalm 91, verse 14 through 16. Guys, listen to the words in this psalm. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. You will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. To those here today that have given your life to Christ, Psalm 91 is a promise and a guarantee that Christ is your salvation. For those who have yet to take that step, let Christ be your confidence. Let him be your protection. Let him be your salvation. And find security in him. Jesus, the son of God, entered into the world that he created, went and died upon a cross for your sin and for my sin. 
rose from the grave on the third day, went and ascended to be with his heavenly father, and he loves you that much. So what do we do in response to this this morning? Romans 10 verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And this free gift is available to everyone today. Bailey was discharged from Loma Linda Hospital in October of 2018. She's strong, she's healthy, and she's a testament to the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Thank you, guys. My prayer today for everyone is that Maylie's story points you to Jesus. That's it. My prayer is that Maylie's story points you to Jesus and reminds each of us through Psalm 91 that we can find our confidence, we find our protection, we find our salvation in Christ Jesus. He is our security. I'm going to close in a word of prayer. And then we'll have uh, the band come back up. Lord Jesus, we uh, thank you for this morning. God, we thank you that we can run to you. You are our refuge. You are our hope. You are our confidence. You are our protection. You are our salvation, Lord. And God, I know, as Taps had said earlier, Lord, there are people right now that are in the thick of it. And God, we know that you are here with us in the midst of this season. Jesus, we ask and pray that you would continue to give us the encouragement that we need every day. God, we look at our sons, we look at our daughters, we look at our families, we look at the people around us, Lord, and we are reminded of your faithfulness and your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Jesus, we honor you. We praise your mighty name.